I want you to grab your Bibles tonight, and we're going to begin a journey, and I, I would encourage you to take some notes tonight. We're going to go some, if we make it there, we're going to, <laughs> if we make it there, we're going to go through some lengthy portions of Scripture purposely tonight. But let's go the distance together. So grab your Bibles, grab your, your iPhones, your pads, whatever you got. Grab somebody's phone next to you. Use it. <laughs> and then when we give tonight, grab somebody's wallet and give like you've always wanted to give. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, His presence is rich tonight. It's awesome. Awesome. Amen. Worship team, I want to thank you for your sensitivity to the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Cody. Thanks so much. Tonight, I'm going to begin our journey in Hebrews chapter 13. <clears throat> Can you guys hear me okay? I know we've had a little bit of, of sound and tech, uh, just little hiccups and challenges. Kevin's doing an amazing job tonight. So thankful for him. And uh, sometimes you have this, you know, Jesus never had sound systems to worry about, you know. Peter, Peter, fix, fix those speakers, Peter. <laughs> but the Lord is good. Amen. What a powerful night. It's really rich. Really rich. So let's feast on the Lord. Amen. Let's feast on the Lord. Father, we thank you for the power and the anointing of your word. Let your word flow rich in the house. And let us feast tonight. Let's eat tonight deeply and let us be satisfied by you. And Lord, I thank you that your spirit even surpasses what I'm going to release and articulate in the natural. You're going to release a spirit of revelation and a spirit of wisdom on the people of God tonight. You're going to give them eyes to see and eyes to behold. Things are going to become new tonight. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, even as we begin to digest and eat scriptures that, that could be familiar. I pray that you would light them up afresh. Light them up afresh. Let there be fresh fire upon your holy word tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get a witness in this house? He is the same. Jesus Christ, He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is forever the Son of God. He's forever the Son of Man. He's forever the Son of Abraham. He's forever the Son of David. He, he is forever the Savior. He is forever the Healer. He is forever the deliverer. He is ever the mender. He is forever the one who binds up broken hearts. He is forever the one who heals up and binds up wounded souls, places in the soul that have been locked up and malfunctioned and triggered. He's the one who's the lover. He says, I am the lover of your soul. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still your deliverer. He is still loosing people out of chains. He is the one, come on, he is the one who breaks captives out of prison bars. He is the same. He is the same. He is the same. He's forever the same. 
He can make mute to speak. He can stop your bleeding on the inside of you. He can truly make you see. I was in, several years back, I was in um, Sweden ministering downtown Stockholm. A beautiful city, fascinating place, wonderful people, wonderful people. But I had a, a unique experience with a young Swedish man. I had finished the afternoon session, and the Spirit of God was really moving powerfully in the place. This young man approached me, and he was visibly moved by the Lord, powerfully moved. And he said to me, he said, when you were speaking, he said, and catch these words, I felt the same fire, the same fire that I felt when God called me into the ministry when I was a young man. And at that time, he said, he said, I've only been to America once in my life. And it's when my mom and dad, we, we loaded into a plane and we flew to a place called Pensacola, Florida, to a place called the Brownsville Revival. Have you ever heard of it? And I said, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> of course. He said, when you were speaking, the same fire that I felt when God called me as a young man began to come on me afresh. This guy was visibly, visibly moved. And I said, what do you want me to pray for? This was his prayer. He said, I want more fire. I want more fire. That's what my friend Tommy Tenney calls a God chaser. I want more fire. And I tell you this not to make myself look grand or grandiose or to think that, that I'm powerful because it is all the Lord. But when I prayed for that young man, he went into a power encounter with God. It looked like the invisible hand of the Lord was dribbling him like a basketball off of the ground. It's holy. Holy, holy. He had a mighty encounter, powerful experience. I've seen experiences, experiences like this all over the world because of the Holy Spirit. Grab hold of this tonight. Power encounters. I want you to grab hold of this. Listen to the young man's words one more time. He felt the same fire. And I'm going to give you a word tonight. It's a big word. It's called homothumadon. And when you say a Greek word, you can just really feel the anointing increase in the room. <laughs> because we're all scholars and theologians in the house tonight. But this is a powerful word, and if you're taking notes, you need to write it down, homothumadon. And why is this important? It's this Greek word, same fire, homothumadon. Now, what is this? It's, it's a compounded word. Homos, we know, means same and together. But listen to this. And then thumos means this. It means thumos. It means passion. It means fierceness. 
It means heat. It means glow. So when you put them together, you begin to understand that homothumadon means this. It's the same burning of heart. It's the same passion of heart. Now, here's a big point tonight when I talk about homothumadon. Because what he was experiencing and what he was trying to articulate is not about tracing our roots back to a place to Pensacola, Florida, that we target and call revival. And I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it was revival. It was true, pure, holy, burning revival. Amen, Bren? Phenomenal. But here's what I want you to grab hold of tonight. We don't just trace our roots and who we are back to Brownsville or back to Toronto or back to Azusa or back to Wales or back to the Hebrides revival. We actually trace who we are as a spirit-filled people, firebrand people who have encountered the Holy Spirit and have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we actually go all the way back to an upper room in the city of Jerusalem where they tarry day and night, as Jesus said, do not leave the city until you tarry and wait and you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. You trace your roots and your heritage and your inheritance to an upper room in Jerusalem. It's a big point tonight. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, I want you to see this tonight. This is where they were baptized and they were set on fire to where that fire went to the ends of the earth. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound, a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared on them divided tongues as of fire. One sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I may have said before, but I, I always like to tell Catholics that Mary was in that upper room and she was filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> and the church said, hear this tonight. God longs for every, every human heart to be set on fire by the power of his love. God wants to ignite every human heart. He desires every heart to experience this baptism, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a glorious wonder. I, I do not have language beautiful enough to articulate to you the wonder of what it is to receive the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. When we, last week in this place, when we watched Josie um, Archer and Alvina's little precious angel, they've got, they got a house full of angels, but one of their, their angels was up here getting baptized, and I believe she's six years of age, and then Gabby over here, 21, 22 years of age, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, this is sacred, magnificent, powerful, beautiful things that must be celebrated. You can go ahead and celebrate it again. Come on, you can celebrate it again. 
it's truly, it's incomprehensible that the creator of the known and the unknown universe had a dream to actually live and abide on the inside of his sons and daughters. It, it was not enough that, that he would be with us. He said the time's going to come that I'm not only going to be with you, I am going to be in you. Take hold of this tonight. The Lord had a dream to abide inside of us and to make, it, make us His most holy place. Literally to make us the ark of His glory. To set His presence, to set His glory, to set His fire within us. Now, we're talking right now about an individual heart, but we're going to grow into a corporate heart of an altar where God desires to set His fire that goes forth to the ends of the earth. Stay with me tonight. Are you with me? The abiding presence of the Holy Spirit is one of the most crucial and distinguishing characteristics of a Christian. Joel chapter 2, I want you to look at these words with me tonight. The prophetic words of Joel. He says, in beginning in verse 28, he says, Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. Isn't that wonderful? Men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens. I want you to grab hold of this, this dreams and visions, because when the Spirit of God fills you, when the Spirit of the Lord fills you, what will happen is He will make you pregnant with dreams and with visions that will become so strong. They will become so paramount in you. They will be so compelling within you. They will be impossible to ignore. The Spirit of God will come up upon you in such a way and will put such a dream in you that will overtake your life and your destiny. It will overwhelm you. You will not be able to shake it. It will be so compelling that through the landscape of your journey and your life, through failures, through heights, through confusion, through contradictions, through all this stuff of the meat grinder of life that we all go through, what the Holy Spirit impregnates you with, it will be so compelling, it'll never let go of you. It's by the Spirit of God. You will dream. To be in the kingdom of God, you will be a dreamer. You will be a man and a woman of vision. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will prophesy. You will speak and declare what God is showing and saying to you. Now, after Jesus had risen from the dead, y'all with me? All right, three of you. Praise God, I'm going to keep preaching. Are you still with me? After Jesus had risen from the dead, the Bible says that he was on the earth for 40 days. He was showing 
proof and giving witness of his resurrection. The last thing that he commanded all of those, he said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. He tells them, he says, wait for the promise of the Father. You've heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And we know that not many days from now was what? It was 10 days later. He had walked on the earth for 40 days, and then when he went into the ascension, and he was taken up in the clouds, remember this, what did the angel said? The same. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Are you tracking with me? I said he's the same. The angel said, the same Jesus, the same, the same Jesus will return to you in like manner. But he ascended, and then 10 days later was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, listen to this, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive what? That's right. Listen to this. Jesus' command contains, if you're taking notes, two absolute essentials that you need to grab hold of tonight. Number one is you shall receive power. Number two, you shall be witnesses unto me. It is essential if you're going to become a witness or a messenger or an ambassador of the king, you have to receive power. In and of yourself, you can do nothing. Remember what I said last week? Jesus didn't send out his apostles and his disciples to do hard things. He sent them out to actually do impossible things without the endowment of the Spirit. We think that we're commissioned to go out and hand out bottled waters that have our church logo wrapped around them. And it's really pitiful. And we think we're doing a real service to the kingdom of God. That's not what he sent and commissioned his disciples out to do. He said, when I send you out, you're going to heal the sick. You're going to cleanse the lepers. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to open, you're going to open blind eyes. You will make the lame to walk. Church, are you alive and breathing in here? But it is, it is impossible for you to do that without the endowment and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not seeing this in your life, you need more. Peter would say to us tonight, if your shadow is not healing people, you need more. Man, I'm telling you, I want to preach into the heavens tonight. Spiritual power that is given. If it, does not, if it doesn't give witness to who Jesus is, it has no purpose. If you are pursuing spiritual power or spiritual authority that does not bear witness to Jesus, to the cross, to the glory of his cross, to the glory of his blood, or to his ascension, his, his resurrection unto the Father, you're, you're, you're searching out the wrong thing. You're, bar you're barking up the wrong tree. Every spiritual gift, every spiritual gift endowed by the Holy Spirit, including speaking in tongues. 
is for the believer to give witness of the saving power of Jesus Christ. That was a very weak amen in this church. Everything the Holy Spirit pours out is to give witness and point to Jesus himself. Whenever the church begins to overemphasize spiritual gifts, stay with me. Whenever a church begins to overemphasize spiritual gifts, apart from Jesus being the centerpiece, we're in trouble. However, what is equally important is I've seen the body of Christ move, especially in this notable time in, amongst this generation, the tendency for us to move so far away from the emphasis of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. And when we move away from that, we are robbed of our inheritance. Can I keep preaching tonight? There's nothing more miserable than a Christian who's trying to live the Christian life without knowing the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Mark chapter 16, come with me, keep coming, keep coming. Jesus makes this commission, the same commission that he gives the disciples before his ascension, he gives to us tonight. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Strong words. Jesus doesn't mince words, church. And these signs shall follow them that believe. you got to grab a hold of that. Signs follow those who believe. Signs do not follow people in doubt and unbelief. Signs do not follow people in doubt and unbelief. Signs actually follow those who believe. And in my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. And they'll take up serpents. That means they'll exercise authority over the wicked one, right? If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Do we believe this? There's the church right there. I heard you. Joe, I heard you. But here it is. In the commission, here's the essentials again. It's to bear witness to Jesus through power and a demonstration, power and demonstration. Grab hold of this tonight. Presence, demonstration. So, preaching, preaching this, preaching the remission of sin, preaching the cross, preaching the blood. Do you know we have to have a revival of the Word of God being preached in the United States of America in this hour? We have to have a revival of exalting the cross and the blood of Christ, and the sacrifice that Christ gave, he gave it all. Ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's a weird thing going on right now in church culture. I remind you, we did not get saved unless we came through the blood. Stop talking to people like they're covenant sons and daughters when they haven't repented and gone through the blood. You are confusing people when you're just treating everybody like a brother or sister. They don't know what you're talking about. It requires them having a revelation. A revelation that they are lost and doomed. 
lost and completely doomed to an eternity without God unless they come through the blood and get low and humble themselves and repent of their sins. That's how I came into the kingdom. How about you? I mean, I'm, I'm asking you a question for real. How about you? That's how I came into the kingdom. Wow. Acts 2.4, he says, you're going to be endued with power from on high. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And when this happened, it was the catalyst for preaching to thousands in Jerusalem in the midst of this festival for the Feast of Pentecost. The spiritual baptism just, I almost said leaked out. It was more like a flood. It flooded out and they began to hear them speaking in their own tongues. People gathered from everywhere the glorious gospel and the wonders of God. This is so awesome. So in Acts 2, beginning in verse 2, are you still with me? So they've tarried. They've waited. They went into an upper room, and for 10 days and 10 nights, they've been tarrying. They, they've been waiting. They've been lingering. Jesus said, do not leave. Do not leave. Wait. Tarry until you are endued with power, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, until you receive him. And here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared on them cloven tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. And then they, they were all amazed and they marveled. Grab a hold of those words right now. They were amazed and they marveled. And if I could pause right now and tell you, uh, right now, the church in America they're not describing our services and our gathering as being amazed. They're, they're, not, they're not marveling. Stay with me tonight. Saying one another, look, look, not all of these who speak, are, are they just, aren't they Galileans? How is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, or Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Pontius Asia, Phagyra, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining the Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jew and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And so they were all amazed and they were perplexed, perplexed. That's another word that we're not really hearing the church being described at in America, perplexed. And they say to one another, whatever could this mean? Whatever, whatever could this mean? Others mocking. This is really getting good now. Now the story's amping up. They're full of new wine. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Holy Spirit is being poured out. 
now they're trying to figure it out. They must be full of new wine. Now watch this. But Peter's standing up. Look at the words. He stands up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by who? By the prophet Joel, who said in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, the spirit of God's going to come upon them. They're going to dream. Old men are going to dream. Young men are going to have visions. And I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days on all flesh. They're going to prophesy. They're going to prophesy. Now, that's pretty radical stuff. Man, these guys look radical, wild. What's going on here? Well, we think that they're drunk. Can I just ask, have you ever seen anyone drunk? All right, we've got two people. Two people. Man, you guys got saved when you were little kids. Have you ever been around drunk people? Can I see a hand? Oh, there you are. Drunk people are pretty happy. They're pretty loose. <laughs> They're pretty loose. They're pretty, pretty happy. They were trying to distinguish what is this? What's really going on here? They were trying to discern it accurately. I want you to listen to these powerful, powerful words. They're not my words. It's an unknown quote. Take heed to this. At Bethlehem, listen, he became God with us. At Calvary, on his cross, he became God for us. But on the day of Pentecost, he became God in us. At Bethlehem, he became God with us. At the cross, at Calvary, he became God for us. But at Pentecost, he became God in us. I want to give you some language for this. On the day of Pentecost, the church was born of the Spirit. What do I mean by that? They were born of the Spirit. The church became a sign and a wonder. That's what the church is supposed to be. The church became a sign and a wonder. Grab hold of this tonight. What is a sign? A sign is something that points to a greater reality. When I, when I go to Chick-fil-A, I went to Chick-fil-A today. Did you all feel that? Powerful. <laughs> Waffle fries just hit you quickly. When you go to Chick-fil-A, you, you, don't, you don't park and sit under the sign. Because the sign points you inside to the substance. A sign points you to the greater reality of the substance. The church is actually to become a sign and a wonder. What, what is a wonder? Let me give you language. A wonder is just something that cannot be explained. Are you seeing it? It cannot be explained. A sign and a wonder. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, God, God did it in such a way that 
It broke people out of their conceived ideas, and they were perplexed. They were amazed. They were in awe. They were in wonderment. They could not define it. Listen to that. They could not define it, because we're going to go somewhere with that. What God has called the church to be is truly an anomaly, and that is something that cannot be defined. Now, so what is a sign? It's that that points to, it's something that points to a greater reality. What is a wonder? It is something, it just cannot be explained. That is what we're crying out for right here. That God would begin to do things that just, they just cannot be explained. It takes me to the moment in the Jesus Revolution film where they're walking into the tent and the guy's sitting in the wheelchair and he's being interviewed by Josiah from Time Magazine. Nobody knows he's Josiah from Time Magazine at that point. And he's like, well, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. What do you mean you were just, you, you were just delivered? He's like, yeah, man. I mean, I, I've already told you. I tried to explain it to you. I mean, it just happened. It's a wonder. It just it can't, it can't be explained. There, there's no words for it. It's like Mary in The Chosen saying, I, I was one way then, and then now, now I'm this way. And, and what happened between who I was then and how I am today is I met him. And you, you're trying to find the language for a wonder. Well, we could pass the microphone around tonight and you could tell maybe the uncensored version of your testimony that would cause people's jaws to drop and say, well, it truly is a wonder. I was this way. I was this way. But when the Spirit of God hit me, it's a wonder. It's a wonder. It's something that it just can't be explained. It actually has to be spiritually discerned. Romans chapter 8. Stay with me tonight. Romans chapter 8. Verses 5 through 8, it says, the Apostle Paul speaks of it like this. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God. It, it means the carnal mind is actually warring against the things of God. It cannot understand it. The carnal mind cannot understand the things of the Spirit. It is warring against the things of the Spirit. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then... Those who are in the flesh, they cannot please God. Man, that's strong. Let me give you another scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Put it in your notes tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are, read it, spiritually discerned. It, it, the day of Pentecost was foolishness to them. It was nonsense to them that these guys surely have to be drunk. This looks so foolish. We have worked so hard in the American church to make sure that we program everything in such a way that we never look foolish in the eyes of men. 
I don't know if it was Sandra or, or, or Mary who exhorted us, come on, just become childlike. Oh, that was a moment for me. I was like, ha ha, yeah. I don't know who that was. Was that you, Mary? That was you. I love it. Because, because we don't want to look foolish. God wants to move in such a way that it confounds the wise, seemingly the wise. It confines them, confounds them. It has to be spiritually discerned. Are you with me tonight? So people frequently criticize what they don't understand. How many of you have realized that? People frequently criticize what they don't understand. And in this case, in this book of Acts, chapter 2, it says others were mocking. Peter had to explain the phenomena of the Holy Spirit. They're not drunk as you suppose. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit did not come to bless their meeting in the upper room. The Holy Spirit came to take over their meeting. We're about ankle deep in revival right now. Here at, here at Victory, we're, we're about ankle deep. We're, we're, not, we're not knee deep. We're not waist deep. We're not in waters to swim in. We're about ankle deep right now in revival. And we are in. We are in, ladies and gentlemen. But the Holy Spirit is going to come in such a measure, in such a way, He desires to take over our entire gatherings. You need to get pregnant with that level of vision. You need to get pregnant with that level of vision. Because I'm living with it and I've been pregnant with it for a long time. A takeover of the Spirit of God where God is moving amongst us in such power. People are being healed everywhere. No one's praying for them. They just walk into the glory and the presence of God and suddenly they are healed. Suddenly they are healed. They walk into the glory of God and they're not waiting for a line to, to, to be delivered out of their gener generational malfunctions and their sins and their perversions and their waywardness. They walk into the glory of the Lord and suddenly they were one way, but when they walked out of the meeting, they were another way. The Holy, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed to them, and the scales suddenly fell off of their eyes, and they knew they could not, they could no longer live in that exploration of a lesbian life or a homosexual life. They realized it was so displeasing to God, and the love of God grips them, and conviction, I'm going to say that word again, conviction comes upon them and they know they are wonderfully loved by God and then and then they have an encounter of the fear of the Lord Amen. and the fear of the Lord tells them you cannot live this way any longer today is the day of salvation you must decide today I'm talking about the Holy Spirit being so thick and tangible we practice a lot in here. 
We, we do so much deliberate stuff on purpose at this church, lingering, waiting, making room for the Holy Spirit. What this team does, what we do, what I do, what we pray as intercessors of preparing the way of the Lord, making room that we can pull on heaven, that the increase of His presence starts getting more tangible and more thick, that heaven begins to break out and miracles begin to break out. And people are transformed in His presence. That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Are you still with me? I feel you. And I believe, I believe that God's, God's perspective on how the church is to function and how we've been comfortable with the church functioning is actually worlds apart. It, it, it is worlds apart because we're, we're good with this. We're, we're used to this. And, and what is this? Uh, Brian, what is this? What are we doing? Well, well, it's a speaker in front, and you're being good listeners. And, and we're good at amen and sermons. Oh, boy, that was good. That was good. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, that was good. And we're good with this system. But when the Holy Spirit starts moving, Duncan Campbell in the Hebrides Revival in Scotland, he described it like this. He said, God began to move in the unseen realm. And the language that God gave Duncan Campbell, he said, in the unseen realm, I saw it like this. I saw it like as if it was the dancing hand of God. Just the dancing hand of God began to move all over the place and began to touch lives. And they were empowered by the Spirit. They began to get caught up and have encounters with the Lord and experiences with the Lord. It, it, should, not, it should not be a strange phenomenon for you to come in here and have a, an encounter with the glory of God. That it so radically transforms you. You live in a different realm in a different way because you touched, you touched a place in God that's in the glory our meetings are destined to become the most exhilarating meetings on the face of the earth if we will make room for the glory. We've all had enough wonderful meetings. What this generation is hungry for is for the taste of the real glory of God. But I had to start in the book of Acts because I, I want to tell you tonight, I am not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of Him. I'm not ashamed of Him. The church is God's chosen anomaly. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you this because this is going to give you language. An anomaly is a departure from the normal common order. One more time. An anomaly is a departure from the normal common order or the common form or the rule. An anomaly is a departure from the rule or the standard, one that is particular. An anomaly is one that is particular. Oh, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, why, why, am, I, why am I giving this to you tonight? Because this is what God has called victory to be. God has called victory to be very peculiar. 
God has called victory to be irregular. I want to try this one on. An anomaly is to be abnormal. <laughs> oh, my. An anomaly, here's the, here's the last definition. It's difficult to classify. I, I, how do you classify that? What, what is that? What, I mean, what, what is that? And that, that actually happens to me a lot. You know, people have come in like, why, are you, why, why do you guys sing for an hour? I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're not singing about you. <laughs> we're, we're singing to the king of glory. <laughs> and actually, we could sing all night. We, and, and we would fulfill our purpose and our destiny. We would. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. And why, why do you guys go so long? And uh, I don't understand that. And why the silence? It's weird. It's, it's awkward. It's an anomaly. It's different to classify. I mean, we're not trying to be different for different sake. We're just going where God is calling us to go. And I believe it's going to pay off wonderfully. It's going to pay off wonderfully. Because we want the genuine and the real. And Jesus is revival. We sang it tonight, and it's true. Jesus is revival. People have an encounter with Jesus. They're never the same. They're never the same. So I want to tell you where I'm at near closing got about an hour left to preach. Okay. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for churches in America to become rallying points for supernatural encounter. And something that Bren and I have prayed for many years, God, would you, would you build? See, Jesus is the master builder of the living stones. We're living stones. We're a family and God puts us together and builds us in such a way that the living stones that he has to build himself a habitation, but he wants to make that habitation a place of what? Supernatural encounter. Rallying points of radical, unbridled worship. In places where God dispenses hope to a nation, places where God creates and sculpts and crafts messengers of hope. See, because if you linger in the presence of God, you'll get pregnant with that dream. You'll get pregnant with that vision. You'll begin to see dreams and visions. And the, the Spirit of God hovers over us, just like Mary, the Holy Spirit, hovered over her, and the, the incorruptible seed of the living Word was put on the inside of her. And the word became flesh. And that's what happens as we linger and we dwell and we wait. And the Holy Spirit starts hovering. And the Holy Spirit starts releasing the seed of the dream of God on the inside of you. And then you can't escape it. Okay. 
have a phone. Maybe the phone is saying amen to my message. I don't know. I don't want to beat this drum too long, but I, 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 I want to say it tonight. It's no secret that the Antichrist spirit, <clears throat> it's working hard right now, not only to seduce the people of God away from the moving of the spirit, but especially leaders and especially those who have the privilege of the pulpits of America. Because they, they want the leaders to buy into this thing that, that they're called to keep the church respectable or keep the church tame <laughs> or, or, or keep the church manageable. And I, and I want to tell you, God has not called me to manage the Holy Spirit. That's pitiful. I am to exalt the Holy Spirit. I am to honor the Holy Spirit. I, my calling is to host the Holy Spirit in such a way he starts doing what he desires to do. I'm not here to manage the Holy Spirit, especially just micromanage him all the way out of a meeting so we could administrate it to just make it to what it is. We're after touching the glory of God. Can I get an amen in the house? So Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he is the same. And he's still pouring out the same Holy Spirit with fire and with tongues, heavenly tongues. You know, I'm so, my, my mother is here tonight. I'm so glad mom is here. And I remember when our family was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And with fire and power came, power came into our family that brought miraculous deliverance from addictions and darkness. I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit at seven years of age, just like little Josie. I could take you to that very place where I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I, I am not ashamed that I speak in tongues. You know, if I just threw the, the microphone to the Apostle Paul tonight, he would radically offend you because he'd just walk in and tell you, I pray in tongues more than all of you. <laughs> he just dropped the mic. <laughs> I mean, you did really good, Gail. That was a powerful word. But Paul would just walk and say, I pray in tongues more than all of you. I'm done. And he did. This, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, you must have it. Oh, I tell you, friend, new friend, visitor, whoever you are, you must have this baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is for you. And it is the doorway into the spiritual sphere of the Holy Spirit introducing to you the deep things of God, the mind of God, the heart of God, the ways of God, the mysteries of God. I say receive it. Receive it. Hunger for it. Luke chapter 12 and verse 49, Jesus says, I came to bring fire on the earth. <laughs> I came to bring fire on the earth, and I wish that it were already set ablaze. Listen to what the apostle Peter says in Acts 2 verse 39. 
He says, for this promise, and what is that? It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are afar off and as many as the Lord our God will call. Hear that. Hear that, mothers and fathers. This promise, this, this infilling of the Holy Spirit, this endowment of power, it is for your children and your children's children. It, 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 is, it is a legacy that must go on and burn on through the ages of your children, your children's children. May, may His favor be upon you to what? To a thousand generations. But, but we cannot minus the fire and minus the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. We need to let that fire and that baptism of the Holy Ghost go through our entire line of generational blessing. Come on, give the Lord praise. Tonight, and Cody, I want you to come, bud. Tonight, we're going to linger before the Lord. We're going to open the altars for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you have never had this level of encounter. You are born again. You know the Lord, but there is more for you. There is more. How many of you know the more is also being baptized in water? Can I see your hand? But also the baptism of the Spirit with the infilling of the Spirit of the fire of the Lord and receiving heavenly tongues. You must receive this gift, and God desires to give it to you. Tonight, some of you are going to be filled. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to be filled. Some of you are going to receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you can receive that. You say, Brian, I was, I, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit a decade ago, 12 years ago, 15. There could be a fresh baptism for you tonight. A whole nother encounter in the glory. You could linger in this room tonight. You, you could linger in, in a place in this altar or down in beneath, in between these rows of chairs tonight, and you could get pregnant with a vision and a dream from the Holy Spirit that, as I said, it's so compelling you won't be able to ever get away from it. It'll direct the course and the destiny of your life and your heart. Holy Spirit wants to do that. What are we doing? Brian's being very deliberate about doing something. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm making room for the Holy Spirit to do what he really wants to do in you and I. When we pray here at Victory and we, we intercede for these gatherings and every time that we pray and, and we get together and we burn together, something we consistently say is, God, we turn over the reins to this meeting. We want to see what you desire to do. And that's what we've been aiming for this whole night. And it's already been happening. It's not about to happen. It's already been happening. We've already been hitting the mark. Our worship was hitting the mark. Are you hearing this? This word is hitting the mark. These moments that we're about to linger will hit the mark. God wants to lead us into an ever-increasing encounter with Him. An ever-increasing encounter with Him. 
when Paul writes about the surpassing power of God's greatness. He says, I want you to encounter the surpassing power of his greatness. Let, let, me, let me give you an image of that. Moses was with God, and he's with a bush that is on fire. How many remember that story? Do I need to preach that long? How many of you remember it? He's with a bush that's completely on fire. And God speaks to him and says, now I want you to go. And I want you to go to Egypt. And I want you to gather all those that are in slavery and bondage. And you tell Pharaoh, you let him go. And then once you get them out of there and you make yourself all the way through the track again, I want you to meet me at this mountain. But when he gets back, the bush is no longer on fire. The entire mountain is on fire. That's a picture of the surpassing power of his greatness. Because you may be sitting there going, well, I've got a little grip on it. But your, your burning may only be the size of a bush. What, what you think is a burning, what, what you think is a burning. Again, God's idea of church is worlds away from what we think. And we think in the size of looking through a straw and it's just a little burning bush. God's saying, no, 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 no. I want to bring you somewhere. I want to take you up higher. I want to take you up higher. I want to take you up into the high places where the entire mountain of my glory and presence is set on fire. And I want, I want you to walk around in that realm. I want you to walk around like Moses in that realm with me and show you things. And it was in that realm when Moses ascended and went into the high places with God that God hid him in a cleft. And he said, I'm going to let you look out and I'm going to pass before you and I'm going to show you my glory. And when he looked out at the cleft, he saw the back places, the hind places of God where God had been in eternity past. And that's how he began to write Genesis in the beginning was God. And when you begin to ascend and go up into places, God begins to show you things. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, ask of me, ask of me, seek me, ask of me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things you have no idea about. It's never, it's like, it's like you've, you've never even really inquired of the Lord that deep. But he said, if you'll come up into that place, I'll show you things that you've never even contemplated or dreamed about. I believe this move of God before our king comes is going to be the most radical experience on, on, on earth as it is in heaven before the king comes. So I say, come up higher, linger, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be filled, be baptized in the Holy Spirit in the fire. Be filled with the Spirit that you may prophesy. Be filled with the Spirit that you may dream dreams. Be filled with the Spirit that you may have visions from the living God. There's more for us. I believe you are a people who's hungry for more. Am I right? Let's stand tonight.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> We've got a few things to do tonight. We've got a few things to do. I just realized we haven't even received our offering tonight, have we? Have we done that? Did we receive an offering? Well, that just went right out the window. Can we be seated for a moment? <laughs> Can we do that? Is that all right? What is that? Well, it's worship. Giving is worship. It's what we're doing. Ushers, go ahead and come. Let's serve the people. Let's serve them quickly. If you need an offering envelope tonight, lift your hand high so that we can serve you. If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand high so we can serve you. You can open your app, your Victory FLA app right now. You can give. You can give online safely and securely right now. VictoryFLA.com. Those of you that are watching right now, you've been with us tonight. Are we still live streaming? Nathan, we're still rolling. We're still going. Praise God, our live stream stayed alive <laughs> this week. Thank you, Josiah. He worked hard on that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ushers. Thank you, God. I want to give you a moment. If you're writing the check tonight, you write it out to victory. Hallelujah. This is our worship unto you, Lord. Our hearts are attached to these gifts. Our lives, our labor, our sweat, our passion, our sacrifice is attached to these gifts tonight, Lord. We give it unto you with joy, with joy. We honor you in every gift, with the tithe tonight, with these gifts tonight, for the expansion of your kingdom, and specifically, Lord, for personal revival, for national awakening, and for generational reformation. Hallelujah. For personal revival, for national awakening and generational reformation. Let these seeds loose miracles. Let these seeds loose miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead and receive tonight. Thank you so much, church.
want to make a, a note that next week, next Saturday night, is um, Shane Tenney's ordination night. Steve and Tiny Hansen are going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> Steve and Tiny Hansen will be back that night as well to be a part of that. And Russ and Kim and Shekinah will be here as well. So, again, welcome them tonight. themselves because we want to do two things tonight specifically specifically tonight our prayer team is preparing themselves they're going to join me in the altars when they're ready we want to pray tonight if you're in here and you desire the baptism of the holy spirit and fire the infilling of the spirit of god with the evidence of speaking in tongues that gift is yours tonight by the holy spirit we want to pray for you to receive that tonight. Our team is ready to pray for you. Also, the other call tonight is to find a place to linger and be with God in this altar or down in the, down in the chairs tonight and build your own altar to, to really encounter the Lord. This is important, folks. This, is, this, is, this isn't what should just be going on in the church. It's what should be happening at, at your house and at your home. And so what we do here is make room for that so that it becomes the culture of your life. Amen? So we're giving, I want our team to come. We're giving the call tonight. If you desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, tonight is your night. Now, you may be in here and say, Brian, I need a healing in my body. We're going to pray for you. You need a healing in your body. You need to come. We'll believe with you. And God is healing in this house. He is setting people free from torment, from afflictions, from afflicting spirits. It is happening. Church, it is happening. Whatever you may need prayer, but specifically for the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight is your night. And then, again, if you desire to linger, Find a place, build an altar, build an altar right out there. Stay, be with God, make room, stand with me. Lord, we honor you in this night. We honor everything that you are doing, Holy Spirit. In these next moments, Lord, I pray that you would release fresh encounters upon the people of God this night. And I pray that you would fill them, fill them, fill them with your Holy Spirit and your fire. Let there be a release of your power. Power invading lives tonight. Fill them with power. Fill them with boldness. Fill them with authority. Fill them with tongues of fire. Oh God. And I pray from the front of the, the room to the back of the room and from the back of the room to the front of the room that the fire of the Lord would begin to fall in this house 
right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Pray that with me right now for the fire of God to fall on our lives tonight. Come on, pray with me. Let the fire of God begin to fall on our lives freshly. A fresh baptism. Fresh baptism of fire, Lord. Oh, Fire! Fire, Lord! Fire! Lord, pour out your spirit! Pour out your spirit on our city, O oh God. Pour out your spirit on this region, O oh God. Southwest Florida, Holy Spirit, light it up. Be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. You desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come now. Don't delay it. Or you desire a fresh baptism of fire. Come, let us pray with you now. Come. Come now. Make an altar tonight. Make an altar wherever you're at, from the front to the back. One of us. Hey, she are, hey.